Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stilettos and Stouts, your New Jersey Devils podcast. I am your other host, Ryan, uh, handling intro duties this week because Christy has been busy and my girl is shot. Christy, how was your first playoff series as a reporter? It was wild. Like I had a moment, I think during the second intermission where I just sat there and they had like the 2023 playoff like logo on the ice. And I just had a moment of like, this is where I am right now. Like two years ago, I was working in a law firm with so much anxiety and so much stress in my life. And now I'm doing this. So I needed a moment of reflection um, to let it just sink in because you want to be perfect. You want to put out really good content as far as articles go. You want to make sure all your tweets are accurate. And sometimes you can get so caught up in like the work aspect of it that you're not enjoying yourself. And my one friend, uh, shout out to Pat, who works for the Coyotes, before the series start, starts, he knew how, he knows how I am. And he goes, enjoy it. Just have fun. So I really try to do that because game one through seven are like a complete blur to me. Hopefully that'll, once I wake up and I'm not feeling sick anymore, it'll feel better. But it was just a blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you'll get the added advantage of um, not traveling to Raleigh, I'm assuming. That'll kind of make your life a lot easier. Yeah, at least not for game one and game two. I even said to my husband, I said, oh my God, I'm actually going to see you. We can eat like home cooked meals. <laughs> like this is great. I am so excited to just have a couple days just to recoup because I was not eating right. I was not sleeping. My sleeping schedule was horrible, especially going in and out of the city. So this is a good reset for myself. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I have a similar thing I deal with. Uh, my wife's a restaurant manager, so her hours can occasionally skew exact opposite of mine. And we'll joke, like we'll go four days where we're yeah. just like passing each other in the morning where I'm getting up. She sleeps downstairs when she closes and I give her a kiss and I go to work and that's our life for a week. So yeah. I can totally relate to the frustration of that. but it's tiring it's so tiring so kudos to all of them for doing the travel that they do yeah the traveling is uh is wild i i, I wouldn't i wouldn't wish that on anybody um it's it's crazy so especially um you know you're not in the world's most convenient of spots to take public transportation to and from the city i have it a lot easier i can be in penn station in 35 minutes if i got an extra express train you know that's the beginning of your journey yeah basically yeah it's, <laughs> yeah you you don't it's like oh i live like an hour from the arena it's really not that bad and it's not but when you're doing that transportation and then you're trying to write articles like the day goes by so quick yeah you lose a lot of time in transit you lose a lot of time for some other stuff so yeah but i the outcome was uh was good um I, I would like to just get it off my chest real quick. Uh, known dirtbag Jacob Truba did what he does. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. You hit somebody in the face first. That's that's just that's that's what he does. I don't know why I'm surprised, but that's what a low class move on the way out by them. I just want to get that out of the way now so that I'm not just holding that in the entire show. Thank you for saying that. I think I don't know yeah. who wrote the article. I saw it on Twitter that they were saying that just because it was like technically a legal hit 
doesn't mean that it was like a clean hit or vice versa. I might be screwing that up, but they kind of break down the analysis of those kinds of hits. Because the one thing I can tell you is Timo Meyer is solid. So when I saw him not get up immediately, because I actually, funny enough, I was shooting a video randomly at that point, and I actually got the hit on video. No! I do. I do. I have it on video. And it completely threw me the fact that he was so big and that he just was not moving. For he did not days. move. He did not move. And correct me if I'm wrong, he did not get back on the ice in that game, did he? They did not put him back out there? He didn't, but he was on the bench. and he I saw that. He was in the locker room um, after the game. Nobody, like, like no cameras or anything, like, went up, up to him. But he was in the locker room. He seemed to be doing, like, okay for what happened. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, also, shout out to uh, the Rangers goaltender. That was – there was a couple of games in there that we would have boat raced some teams earlier in the year. And he was the best player on the ice this entire series. Kudos to you, sir. Yeah, Shesterkin was so good. He's unreal. But I think that's I think that also adds to the frustration though with Rangers fans. It's like they wasted Lundqvist's prime years, and now you have Shesterkin, and it's like, guys, we got to like do something because we have another elite goaltender, but we can't get it done. And I can understand how that could be frustrating from a fan perspective. Yeah, I have a good good friends of mine who I they're essentially brothers. Uh, I grew up with them. Um, they're both Ranger fans, and last year on my 40th birthday, they made me watch Rangers-Penguins Game 7 on my 40th birthday up like in the middle of nowhere in a cabin in upstate New York. Uh, and they both got one text last night after the game. It was very simple and quick. Kudos to your goalie. This is revenge for making me watch the Rangers Game 7 on my 40th birthday. We're even now. Well, and somebody made a really good point. Is They were like, you know, you look at Shesterkin and he's a Vesna winning goaltender, one of the best in the league. And they said the Rangers lost and they said, granted, Schmidt came in and completely turned the series on its head, but they lost to a goaltender that nobody knew who he was. And he had 18 career starts before coming in and doing that. And they're like, just look at the caliber. And it's not taking away from what, from what Akira did. Cause Akira is one of the hottest goaltenders in the postseason right now. Oh yeah. Just, on paper, Shisirkin and Akira are two very different goaltenders on paper. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That guy is all world. There's, there's no doubt about that. He is in the right place at the right time every single time. And when you beat him, you work for it. I was very, very impressed by his play. And I did see him and Timo kind of hug it out in the, in the handshake line after game seven. So that was great. Yeah, no, that was really, that was really great. And um, that's the thing with sports, right? It's like the weirdest thing. It's like all this like bad blood, like for seven days, then it's like you do the handshake line and it's like, okay. Yeah, usually. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's usually, it's usually all right. I'll, I'll never forget Marty snubbing, uh, it was a Sean Avery. Probably Sean after, Avery. Yeah, it was Sean Avery after that series. And then Avery called him fatso, which yeah. is actually kind of funny, but <laughs> Sean Avery really was a hoot. Yeah. Can we just can we talk about um like the unsung heroes of the of the first round for the Devils? I will say that Jack when he was talking to the media yesterday and I do agree with this. He was saying that th- there was nothing that was more no goal was more important in this series than Dougie Hamilton's overtime winner in game 3. That gave goes, him the swagger. Cuz he goes if that if he doesn't do that he goes we fall 3-0. 
And then he goes, and that would have been that that was a turning point. So he goes, that was probably yep. the biggest goal of the series. And when he I I get that. I completely get and I agree with it. But I said when I look at the series as a whole, your unsung heroes of that series were Akira, Eric Halla, Michael McLeod, and Jonas Siegenthaler. Yeah. Yeah, you you couldn't really add anybody else to that for unsung hero. I mean, we've we've been talking about how excellent Eric Hall has been without being a points collector. So there's nothing new there. Uh, I, I, to see him bloom in the playoffs just made me so happy. Just yeah. so happy. Uh, you got Tatar finally had a little playoff success. He's been maligned in the playoffs in years past. Uh, Siegenthaler did exactly what he's supposed to do, not get noticed at all. Um, yeah, that other than other than a other than a goal early on, my man did what he's supposed to do, and that's not get noticed. Uh, I'm really happy they didn't panic and push the Quinn Hughes, uh, sorry, the uh, Luke Hughes button. Yeah. I, I thought that would have been a little bit of a panic move at, at any point. Uh, I think I said something on Twitter that got a lot of traction, where like if you're up or down three one, you can go ahead and you can you can play that game then. But unless you're in that scenario, I think you're asking a little too much of the kid. Uh, just let him sit and do his thing. Uh, I think I thought Lindy pushed all the right buttons for the most part uh, in the last four games of the series, particularly. I thought he was he was real good. I thought his adjustments for Game Seven, um, the Miles Wood thing over Lazar did scare me just a little bit. Um, but I thought drawing Sharon Govich back in wasn't terrible. Uh, I think he's a little feistier than Boquist for a situation like that and not really a skill drop off if you're asking him to play wing. I just I thought Lindy really, really did a great job and and earned that game seven win for himself too. Well, I think it's kind of funny because I saw like some people on Twitter that said when Siegenthaler was scratched and I believe it was game two. And people were saying that, you know, if the Devils lose this series, you're going to go back to that exact moment that he benched Siegenthaler as like the reason why. And I said, here's the thing though. Lindy knows, a good coach knows how to motivate your players. And when you scratch Siegenthaler, that motivates him. And he might not have had that moment in game three, but he certainly stepped up in game four. And even with Miles Wood, I, I, when I did my video and I saw Wood skate, like, you know, going out to the ice for warmups, I said, people are going to lose their mind. And I sat down and I said, you know what? I am all for a Miles Wood redemption story. Like I would love to write that because, and I think I've said this before, guys, I, I'm like, my head is just not there. So if I, if I'm repeating myself, <laughs> I apologize, but there is no guy in that locker room that cares more about that team than Miles Wood. Oh yeah. We've talked about that a lot this year. And, and. Really? There really isn't. He his dumb penalties in the first couple games of this series deserved absolutely deserved his ass planted firmly on a seat in the press box. I'm sorry, but for for a game seven for something like that, that's kind of what that kid does. He's he's going to be a good agitator. He's, he's a better skater than Lazar. Uh, he's got a little more offensive punch. Uh, and it's it's unfortunate because Curtis did score in the series um, for naught, but still, uh, it, it, I just thought it was it will it, again people losing their minds, sure, but I I didn't think it was it was a crazy move. Smith in for Graves would have drove me crazy, 
And I thought there was an outside chance of that because Graves was atrocious in game six. Um, but he didn't do that, and thank God. What the heck was that? Sorry. Um, you froze for a for like a minute. Oh, good God. I'm going to kill somebody. They're doing work in my neighborhood this week, and my internet's worse than it usually is. It's all right. Um, but yeah, I was worried that they were going to bring um, Smith in for Graves because Graves' game six was atrocious. That's one adjustment I wouldn't have liked to see him do. Um, and, and I thought there was an outside chance of it, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that he left Graves in there because Graves was good in game seven. He was. He really so. was. And I think, too, there's, there's something to be said about the team, too, and their mentality because throughout the whole, even when they lost those first two games, you know, anytime Eric Hollett talks to the media, he's like, we'll be fine. We'll learn. Lessons learned. We'll be fine. You have Andre Palat talks to the media ahead of game seven. It's like, we're fine. We play like we do, like we did game five. And they literally, it was a carbon copy. Game seven was a carbon oh, yeah. game five. Um, Absolutely. So I think there's, you're, I think what fans are seeing is they're seeing the role players really step up and not necessarily on the score sheet. Like I said, Nate Bastion on the penalty kill, that boy was hustling. On the- oh, yeah. And I'm like, he didn't get on the score sheet, so he didn't contribute in that area. But if you really watched him when he was out on the ice, he contributed in his own way. And I think that the depth was on display because, again, this team won a seven-game series. Timo didn't have a goal. Nico didn't have a goal. Brat didn't have a goal until the last like two minutes nope. when he got the empty net. So I think that alone could be dangerous for an opponent because they survived that series and it wasn't even because of their best players. No, it wasn't. Um, I, but the Brat thing does scare me a little bit. Uh, he's got, he's got disappeary vibes going on right now. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm not concerned about him. Uh, Nico was everywhere, did everything he could other than score. Um, you're, you, you know, Jack didn't light it up, but he didn't have a quiet series. Uh, I think they did a real good job of keying in on him for a lot of the time. I, I felt like he had less room to operate than he normally does. And I, and they, they did a good job of trying to take him away from having open space. Uh, and they succeeded often at it. Um, it was a good series. It was hard fought. Um, and, uh, I, I think they're set up well now with Boston going out, um, with, uh, you know, I think I, I gotta be honest. My gut says Florida can take Toronto down too. Didn't I say um, to you, we, you I did the Florida Panthers are a team you have to watch. They're, they're, they're you a did. team that's built right now for the postseason. They're better than their record. Yes. They're 100% better than their record. And they're, they're going to. Sneak up on people. Plus, with Bob getting hot, I mean, that can get real scary real quick for them. They're a good, solid team, and and I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna take it to Toronto. Um, I I think we match up well against the Canes without Shvetchnikov. Uh I I, I do. I, I'm, I'd be lying if I didn't say that. I, I would not have been super psyched to face Sorokin right after facing uh, Shosturkin, to be totally frank. Um, so I think things have swung well for the Devils. Um, and they just have to keep doing what they're doing. Play your game. They got th- those first two games. You could tell they were like, oh, oh, 
They they totally bought into the our game doesn't work in the playoffs myth. It's a complete lie. The way the Devils play, they control the game. If they're playing their game, they are controlling the pace. You're constantly on the back foot. And it's another thing I tried to explain to a lot of my Ranger fan friends. Like, you have not seen a lot of this team at all. I'm telling you right now, we do this to literally everybody. This is after, I think it was game five. I'm like, we. this is what we do. We make you play our game, and you look like you're half a step off the entire game. And if, if the other team looks like they're playing catch-up halfway through the first, you can usually write down that the Devils are going to get a good solid result out of it. Well, that. and I think, too, with, uh, with the Devils, is the Rangers did not have an answer for their speed. No. The Rangers could not figure out no. how to stop that. And when I was talking to my colleague over at the Hockey News about who covered the Islanders, I said to him earlier today, I said, you know, what can I, what do I need to know about Carolina, you know, as the Devils approach them? And he said, they play aggressive in all three zones. And he goes, he goes, they really do shut down that new, that like the line where you're not going to be able to just easily skate the puck into from the neutral zone. So he goes, you're going to have to kind of work on the forecheck and that's how you're going to get that offensive zone time in against the hurricanes. And I'm curious to see if the devils are going to make adjustments to that because you saw them skating right into the ranger zone. Yeah, they did. I think Carolina's aggressiveness in uh, the attacking half of the ice in particular can get them in trouble real quick against us. I, I think that could be, Definitely an Achilles heel. I think you're going to try to you're going to see us look to counterattack, dump and chase, play smart hockey, but play our game, play quick hockey, um, and and I think I think that is going to line up well for the Devils. Yeah, because at the end of the day, when the game when Game Seven started yesterday, the Rock was you know great atmosphere at Prudential Center again, and I sat down and I said within five minutes of play, I said there's clearly a team that wants this. And it's New Jersey. Yep. Like New Jersey yep. came out wanting that win, whereas the Rangers just didn't have the jump. They were chasing around Jack. They were, you know, they were passing and the Devils were, the Devils just had this. It, it's all the cliches. I was watching the game from the press box and I heard Lindy Ruff in my head talk about puck management, having the sticks in the right lane. Yep. And I'm watching this unfold. And I said, he's a, all those cliches that fans hate hearing. He's a hundred percent right. Oh, he's like, so right. He's so battle, right. Like, the battles on the wall. I say, I know fans don't want to hear the cliches, but if you're watching this game right now, all the cliches are adding up, and that's why the Devils are being successful right now. I'm not going to use that to segue into another cliche that I saw a ton on Twitter, uh, that the, the Devils, and I'm going to air quote here so you can see it for the emphasis, the Devils are just playing the trap. I have a quick hockey lesson for everybody. The neutral zone trap died when they got rid of the two-line pass penalty. Because see, how it works is you clog all your guys in between the opponent's defensive blue line and the red line. You put all five guys there, and you make it impossible for them to move through that part of the ice. Uh, When you do that, that's the neutral zone trap. You're trapping them in one portion of the neutral zone with the elimination of the two line pass penalty. There is no such thing as a neutral zone trap. It literally cannot be played. So everybody has to understand that not only do the devils not play the trap, they don't want to, they're just better than you. And rant. Yeah, (laughs) sure. I, I, it's yeah, I, I've been storing some of these nuggets up and just been storing them, storing them. Um, and you know, it's just 
all the half a hockey fan, Ranger fans that come out of the woodwork for these series. And and I have two simple questions for him. I'm like, so how long? So you like hockey? Yeah, I'm a huge Ranger fan. Awesome. What's a dump and chase? What's a corner cycle? And can you explain? Can you explain to me offsides? You got to get two out of three, or I'm not even talking well, to you. And you'd be amazed how many people don't know and that. I think, and I, I know I keep saying I think that's like take a shot every time I say. Again, <laughs> my brain is not working. Um, when you there's certain things because even I posted the picture of Jack with his quote about you know it's bragging rights for a year. We didn't want to hear for a year that we lost the Rangers. And I believe him and too. I saw some comments. And they were like, oh, you know, Jack cares more about the Rangers than like the next series. And I said, no, 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 no. He was specifically asked a question about the rivalry and beating your rival. And that was the answer. And then I realized some, one, if sports make you so angry that you're punching people on your way out of an arena, sports might not be for you. Because guess what? That's low class. You bought, here's the thing. When you bought those tickets, for last night's game at Prudential Center, when you spent your hundreds of dollars, you knew going in, you were either going to have a great night or a really bad night. This isn't a concert. Yeah. Go in and see a performance. This was, if you're an emotionally driven person, a huge win or a huge devastating loss. And you need to know that when you go to a game, it's not guaranteed when you go to a game, a team's going to win. And if you're resorting to punching people and attacking people because your team lost, this might not be the hobby for you. No, it's not. And I also want to remind people that you never know who you're hitting and you never know who's around you because a tiny, I'm, I'm five, nine, but I've been doing martial arts my entire life. You do that to somebody next to me, you're going to go out. It's not going to be good and it's going to be quick and I'm going to totally be fine yeah, with the it. Fact that-, that is not okay at sports. That is not okay. And the fact that someone took a shot at a devil's employee who was waving a sign, that's a that is a low-class, childish move. They should find that guy, and they should absolutely book him for assault and make him spend the night in jail in Newark. It's 100%. They should make him spend the night in jail in Newark because he will think twice before he does that again. I fucking and promise you. Sorry no, to No, it's okay because – Not he, all right. You could tell he was an employee. Like, that was the crazy part. I said he's literally – his job is to hype up the crowd. Hall has scored a goal. I don't know what you're thinking. I mean, um, I would like to think that alcohol was also involved in that because if someone did that sober, that's just, I don't know what to tell you, but it's just, again, it's sports. When you go to a game seven or you go to a game where one team is going on and one team is going home, you know what you're expecting when you buy those tickets. If you cannot control yourself, watch the game at home. Yeah. And there was another clip that went around uh, from earlier in the series of a Ranger fan choking a Devil fan out. And what you didn't see was the precursor to that video where the Devil's fan got in the guy's face and smacked the beer out of his hand into his girlfriend. If you do that to me, I'm going to choke you out. Well, I think that's... The- like, that's, that's I, to me, that's fair game, man. When you look at videos like that, if you didn't see the whole video, it yeah. changes your view. But again... Hundred percent. I would say that in that video, from what I saw, the longer version of it, the Devils fan instigated it. And you know what? Kind of props to the Rangers fan for not like making this like a bloody like punching him like. Oh. Because what I always see when that happens is when you get into a physical altercation, you always have people around you. You can have children or women or young guys around you. They always end up getting into it. So at least in this situation, it's like you did what you did. 
you knock the guy out for a couple of seconds and nobody else around you was involved. The part that I thought was interesting was the devil's fans girlfriend just kind of stood there. Yeah. I'm what are you going to do at that point? I'm <laughs> thinking that this is not the first time that her and her boyfriend or husband were involved in a situation like that because no, definitely she not stood there. And was like, it was, it was almost, it almost kind of gave the impression of like a, here you go again. Yeah, 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 it did, it did, it did. Um, but, you know, it, kudos to that guy for not hitting him. There's nothing scarier in a street fight than when somebody falling and hitting their head. That's It's terrifying. You can get booked You can get booked for murder real quick for just popping someone on the jaw, and that gets scary real quick. And just, guys, please, let's – the Rangers part's over. Let's not do this. It's Carolina. It's fine. They're, they're like, not really a real team. And the only thing that I'm going to say about it is you – because I know we're running out of time. If you look at the Sorry. Rangers um, series, everyone's saying the Rangers series was a colossal failure the whole season because they lost in the first round after doing what they were doing and getting the stars that they did at the trade deadline, regardless of what happens next with the devils, their season was a success. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Was, now it's, it's house money. hundred percent house money. There's house no money. reason to bring yourself to the point of a physical or verbal altercation with somebody else at this point in time, because the, the team you're good. The team is good. The team exceeded expectations or continue to see to exceed expectations. It's all good. Just enjoy the ride at this point in time. Even, even yeah. if something bad happens against Carolina, enjoy the ride. Yeah. And take it to the bank that you're, you're getting better. This, this is the beginning of the deal here, guys. This is going to keep going. We're set up. Well, this, the, the fact that this team is winning around in the playoffs and has the prospects in the pipeline that you didn't even need Holtz this year. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even a question mark. Yeah. Nemec, there was never even a, should we bring the kid up and get him some games? I mean, maybe at one point, I think we talked about it when he was on fire and um, they were like down a defenseman. I think that's when a came up. Uh, Now hindsight being 2020, they were clearly showcasing him for San Jose. Yeah. Basically being like, you don't want Kevin Ball, you want this guy. Because let me tell you, Kevin Ball is a grown man playing hockey now. He is awesome. He he, he had three hits in one shift that were all board-rattling hits. And, and clean and good, solid. One was a hip check. It was glorious. I love watching him play hockey. And I wrote about this. I've said this on other podcasts that I've done the past two weeks. Ball and Severson were the team's most consistent defensive pairing throughout. Oh, yeah. And I sat down and in my head, I said, after the playoffs are done, just looking at playoff, you know, the playoff performance when, because everyone sat down and said, you know, I want Graves. If it comes down to Graves or Severson, I want Graves. I'm curious what their opinion is going to be after the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the consensus is going to be. If you can figure out how to pay him, not a a ton. You've heard me say it a bunch. I think Damon's a super useful guy on this team. Right-handed. Yeah. Good Damon is. He's awesome. And the reason people lose their mind for his mistakes is because he doesn't make a lot of them, but when he does, they're magnified. But overall, I think there's 
you know, pretty much every other team in the league would take Damon Severson on their team tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I don't know. For, I don't know if Graves is is built for the hard moments. It, it kind of like I, what I've been saying about Brat for a while. I don't know that Graves is built for raising his game when the when the going gets tough. I'm not saying there's going to be a huge drop off, but he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who can take it up a notch. Well, the only thing I'm going to say is one. Again, I'm not sure if he's 100% healthy. So, and I, very as fair. far as like every player in the postseason, I always have the attitude of, you know, before judging, let's see what the injury report is going to be because you never know. I mean, even with the Rangers, like star players that didn't show up, let's see if they're on the, like, let's see what the injury report is before people start, you know, judging and bashing. So that's number one. No, that's, that's very and fair. And my second thing is you have to look at the tougher assignments. I would say that Graves has had the tougher assignments this series than Damon has. Sure. I think that's something that you need to put into consideration as well. All I'm saying is that when I watched the game, the defensive pairing that I think fans were probably the most comfortable with out on the ice were probably Damon and Kevin because they really did not make any mistakes. No, they were they were excellent all series. Um yeah, the 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 Graves injury thing aside, it there's there's something you can see in in like guys eyes it's a weird thing right like if you looked at panarin's eyes this entire series there's just lifeless it was just there was nothing there there's no spark zibanejad too there was no spark Kreider, Kreider's eyes looked like they were on fire like there's i don't i do the same thing when um you know if you're watching fights or something like that uh you you, you look a guy in the eye when he comes out to the octagon or ring and you can get a great great look at like did he have a tough weight cut what's his mentality right now is that guy coming out with the eyes of a killer you know you said jack has the eyes of a killer that kid loves the moment right i'm not sure i'm not sure a guy like brett really does i'm not saying he melts in it but i'm not saying he loves it he doesn't strike me as the type who's like give me more of this the only thing that i wanted to see and i didn't look it up before we came on because i was honestly before we decided to record tonight i was about to take like some like sleepy juice and like call it a day (laughs) 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 just like like i'm done Um, but i want to go back and see how many giveaways brat had in that series it was a lot That's kind of what I the stat that I did not look up that I wanted to look up and again you know that Jack's probably going to have the most giveaways because of how he plays and his the amount of time he has with the puck that was something that I wanted to look up with Brad to see how many giveaways he had he was rough and he was rough in the offensive zone he was rough in the offensive zone poor decisions uh unsure he was good along the boards but out in open ice in the offensive zone he he looked lost he didn't he didn't look like he was very comfortable out there. I don't know if he was in his head. Uh, what he again? He could be injured as well. Um, but when it comes time for contract talks, who are you paying him or Timo? Off this series right now, who are you going to pay? Well, I believe. I'll tell you right now who I'm paying. Here's the thing, though. Timo <laughs> did not have a point, but the impact that he had, and it's like we Every said. Game. He took on a role that nobody else in that roster could have done. Agreed. That's the, the perfect, the perfect player for this team. We said it when he came. I said it before he came. He was exactly what we needed, and in this series, he was exactly what we needed. You do not win that series without Timo Meyer. Period. Yeah. 
I, it, it's a hard, because even I was talking to my mom and she was saying to me, like, I don't understand like the impact. And I said, watch him closely. And I said, sometimes it might be hard because the camera follows, you know, the player with the puck. So sometimes you don't see on TV what's going on in, in the arena. But I said, he was the perfect villain in that uh, he and he loved it. He loved he it, it too. To perfection. And I said, even if you look at a wood, a McLeod, a Bastion, a Lazar, they could not have done it the way that Timo did. No, because you know, you know, he's dangerous. Yep. You, you know, it's legit when he's like, when he looks you in the eyes and says, I'm coming, you're like, he is. Oh man. Oh God. And he, he threw his weight around. He was excellent. Uh, and, and Vitek's been an absolute pro. Oh, yeah. I just clapping it up for the kid every time he makes a good save. And yeah, I, that was another one. If they had gone back to VTech in game seven, you wouldn't have been, you would have understood it, right? Like that you could have absolutely understood the argument for going back to VTech for that game seven. And, and it, you would have been valid. And I'm glad he didn't. Well, I think the problem is that when you're a goaltender, it's kind of a situation where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you yeah. if he started Akira and Akira lost, it would have been well. Why wouldn't you go to the veteran? Why wouldn't you go to the more experienced goaltender? If Miles did something and screwed something up, it's like oh well. Why did you put Miles in? You know, it's one of those situations where unless you win, everyone's happy. But if the team yeah. lost that game, everything would have been scrutinized. And you know what? Good for Miles for not taking a penalty was getting yep. the job done, keeping his emotions in yep. check. Because the one word that Dawson, I talked to Dawson at MSG ahead of game six. And the one word he used to describe his emotions was overexcited. And I think overexcited kind of, like I think Miles would fall into that category of overexcited. Yeah. And the fact that they were so composed last night, I said to my dad, I said, when Timo got hit, they didn't go after Truba. When Miller had, you know, Heischer on the ice, they didn't retaliate. There was no after the whistle activity. I said they were so composed. And it so it. smart. I said, I think that when I did my takeaways, I made sure to mention that because I said, I don't think people are realizing that because they didn't get kind of goaded into playing the Rangers more physical style. No, kudos so to them. They did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was the last last night and today was just absolute bliss if you're a devils fan like one of my uh one of my guys at work is a huge devils fan we went to a couple games together this year and i walked in that door i get in a little after the production kids at the brewery and i walked through the door and he looked at me and he just goes come here and he just opened his arm up to give me a hug and we were just both so happy so it, it, this this is for everyone who's been here for the last 10 years and and that that one phantom playoff berth that kind of was barely a playoff berth if you really want to get real about it. But this has been a long time coming for me and a lot of Devils fans who've put a lot of energy into caring about a team that by all accounts we shouldn't have cared about. So I feel slightly vindicated and rewarded. Um, and I don't have to hear my Ranger fan friends for another week, which is awesome. Um, so let's go to Carolina and handle business. Let's take one of these next two games. And I think the Devils can handle this in six games. I really do. I think they're feeling it right now. I think they understand what they can do. And I would I would be very surprised if they lost this series. And if they did, fine. I, I get it. You're you're out of energy. You used up all your juice on the Rangers. I get it. But skill-wise, skill-wise, this team 
this team can do something. There's something there. I, I, I tell my wife this all the time. I'm like, I love this team because it feels like there's something with this group of players that's like unique and special. So I hope I'm not wrong. I'm honestly just so happy that I get to continue to cover playoff hockey. <laughs> Once I catch up on sleep and I get some like greens and some smoothies in May, I'll be ready to go. Heck yeah. Well, we got game game one. Uh, we're recording this uh, Tuesday night. So game one is tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, game two would be Friday. Uh, game three is Sunday and game four is Tuesday. I will see you all at game four. I will be there in section 117 uh, with my lovely wife who has taken quite the liking to playoff hockey. I'm very happy about that. So um, we will uh, we will hopefully maybe get a show in before then. If not, we'll, uh, we'll check in with you guys next week and stay tuned. Hopefully this isn't a wrap-up show in a week and we're talking about more hockey. Christy, you ready? Yep. Ready for more? Ready. Ready for <laughs> awesome, guys. Cheers. Cheers.